AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Hey everyone, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra, combining raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant. And uh, you put us together, a couple of microphones, some cameras. You get something called Stuff You Should Know. Cameras? Yeah. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah. There's nothing here. Everything's very normal. Just proceed. Chuck. Yes. How you doing? Uh, I'm great. How are you? Election time is nigh. I'm getting uh, over my cold. Yeah, you sound good. Do I? Yeah. Well, you sound better than you did last week. Yeah, I'll give you that, but I still, I don't feel like I sound 100%. Not 100%, but compared to the swimming in snot phase, I will take this. Man, it got really bad. <laughs> Pretty snotty. I'm not going to go into it here, but wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, yes, election time is nigh. I know. I tried to get right to it. Yeah, and I blocked you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's why I wanted to do this one, because this w- people perennial, per- perennially mm-hmm. ask for the Electoral College, and other people say, I don't know what that is, but I want to hear about that, too. And then people in other countries just say... You guys do what? Yeah. It's kind of depressing. Yeah. Actually, I meant to look up to see what other countries did <clears throat> with their elections. It's all like kings and birthright and stuff like that. Is that like what that. it is? Yeah. No one else votes? No. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's just the USA that does that. Good. Um, Good for us. Yeah. Chuck. Yes. Um, I don't really have much of an intro here. All right. It's more of a can you believe this kind of thing. Okay. How long... Have you thought that you went to the polls and cast a vote, and the vote you were casting mm-hmm. was for the candidate that you were casting that vote for, that that's who that vote went to? Every time up until yesterday. So, like, you didn't have much of an idea about the electoral college? No, I did, but – and I knew sort of how it worked, but until you really get down to it, you don't realize that, wow, I'm voting for a person that's going to vote for a person. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, because in some cases, like, it's not even on the ballot. Like, the person yeah. who you're actually voting for. Okay, so we did what I like to do. We confused everybody, and now we're going to go back and explain what we're talking about, okay? Yeah, I was confused, actually. Uh, I'm going to be ashamed, ashamed myself. Okay. Right out of the gate when it said, every four years on the Tuesday following the first Monday of November. I was like, why don't they just call it the first Tuesday of November? But then I realized that I guess if November first is a Tuesday, yeah, then it won't. Uh, the election won't be till the following Tuesday. Yeah, because they got to get the Monday in there. It gets even crazier than that with the electoral college. They go the 
first Monday following the second Wednesday in December. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I they think did. everybody had like gout or something like that back then. <laughs> <laughs> just passed out. Consumption. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Uh, so that is when the actual presidency is decided. Yeah. In December. Yes. Although everyone knows. Well, you would think. Yeah. So, okay. So let's talk about this. So the Electoral College, the whole thing, like, why don't we just stick to the popular vote, which is what everybody thinks they're doing anyway? Where did this come from? I have an answer. Okay. Uh, back in the day when our founding forefathers mm-hmm. and mothers right. were doing their thing here, they decided, you know, I think I don't trust a regular popular vote. Uh, it's reckless. Yeah. As described in this article. And then um, another camp said, you know what? We sure as heck ain't going to let Congress decide the president. Right. So why don't we come up with a really confusing, wacky system called the Electoral College? Yeah, because it's, it's like a compromise. Do you want to have a bunch of uninformed rabble rousers who just revolted against the king of England a few years before voting? Or do you want a group of elites voting? It's like Citizens United. You don't want either of them. Yeah. So, yeah, they just went and got confusing. Uh, yeah. I imagine it was more confusing back then <laughs> than it is today. You think so? Or maybe not. Maybe it made more sense back then. I think it probably did. Okay. So, okay, so what did they come up with? What was the compromise? Well, the compromise is when it comes election time, um, there are these people called electors who actually decide the presidency. Mm-hmm. And they represent, um, that's equal to two, two U.S. senators that every state has. Right. Plus the number of representatives that each state has. Yeah, so that comes to... 538 total. Yes. Um, and three of those are part of the 23rd Amendment from 1961 that gave three electors to D.C. Yeah. They figure since everything's based here, <clears throat> we might as well toss them a few votes. Right. Seemed like the right thing to do. Right. Um, and did you say that was the 23rd Amendment? Yeah. Okay. So um, they actually cast the vote. When, when, we, when we vote for the president, we are voting for the electors. Right. And like you said, they're not always even on the ballot. Sometimes they are, right. sometimes they're not. Right. And like I bet you anything, 90% of the people who vote have no idea who their electors are or like how they got to be in that position. Right. They're like, um, I'm going to vote for Barack Obama, but who is this Todd Vinemaker in parentheses <laughs> next to him? I have no idea who that is. Or if in some ballots, they'll you'll go to the end and it's like county commissioner, yeah. you know, dog catcher, and then electors, and then there's a, a list of people's names mm-hmm. by party. Or like you said, it's just not on there at all. Yeah, and one thing I was surprised to learn was my our own uh, electors here in Georgia. I looked them up just because mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I might as well know who they are. Mm-hmm. And their addresses are in there. Like I can go knock on the dude's door in Decatur, right. like eight blocks from me, mm-hmm. and say, you, sir, have a great responsibility at your hands. Are you going to do that? No. Okay. But I could. You could. I think <laughs> maybe you should reconsider. I'm just surprised. That, I don't know. I guess, well, we know where the president lives, so that's not a big deal. But right. I'm, I guess I was surprised that all that stuff is common knowledge. I thought they would be like secret. Yeah, I think they want that to go the opposite way. Well, though. no. It makes sense now that I, I figured it out. Like <clears> They do want... Uh, Everything out in the open so everyone knows. But it just seemed a little weird that the guy voting for the president is actually like half a mile from my house. Right. Or one of the guys. No, I'm with you. All right. Um, so you've got like this group of people who are actually voted in and um, they meet after the popular election is certified. Yeah. A, a, the secretary of each state certifies the vote. The governor 
uh, whips up a certificate saying, here are all the votes that each candidate got. And then um, based on this, the electors go and cast their vote the first Monday following the second Wednesday in December. That's right. I couldn't find why. Oh, I don't know. I guess it just falls somewhere in between the election and January 20th. I guess. And that's when everybody, it's like, wait, 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 Christmas, Christmas. We've got to yeah. make sure we're done in plenty of time. Yeah. And then um, they cast the vote, and then it's uh, unsealed, right, and read? That's right. Even though, barring any surprises, you pretty much know election night from either exit polls or whatever, you know, Dan Rather tells you, or whoever does it these days. You'd hope, because that guy who lives a few miles away from you, yeah. or blocks or miles? Um, I think I charted him out. I'm stalking him. It was less than a mile. That's, a, that's my really house. Neat. Yeah. Uh, so that guy, um, you want his name? Yeah. John White. That's his name. So John White, mm-hmm. the elector, right? One of them. Yeah. It, it's perfectly legal for him to say, you know what? Supposedly, I am supposed to be voting for Barack Obama. Yeah. But I really like the cut of this Mitt Romney's jib. Yeah, that doesn't really happen though. It has, but not quite like that But in, in the modern times. I think one of the reasons why they publish their addresses is so, you, you know. A good lynching could take throw, place. It's throwing you out there like, yeah. hey, man, you, you can vote however you want, That's but true. everybody knows where you live. And if you think they get mad about, you know, referees making bad calls, Faithless Elector. That's what they're called. Yeah. Which is a great band name. You think? Faithless Elector or yeah. the Faithless Electors? No, I don't think so. It's too, um, maybe for like a, a DC law school band, <laughs> right. the Faithless Electors. <laughs> I could see that. Plain but Elmo, like, St. Elmo's Grill. They have <laughs> no future whatsoever, unless they turn it into something like Scorpions or something like that. That's right. And actually, Faithless Electors have no future <clears throat> as electors, because one thing you can probably be sure of, if you change your vote, then you're not going to be asked back to be an elector in the future. No. And you could possibly be fined, depending on what state you're in. Yeah. And so, you're probably going to be kicked out of your party. You're putting a lot on the line. Yeah. And see, this is the thing that made it all clear to me. Each party has its own elector. So right. that's why no one's going to turn. Like the people that are put in the place as electors are like staunch party line people. Right. You know, they're not going to turn and vote. Like the reason they're there is because they know that they're going to vote for either the Republican or the Democrat. They know where their bread is buttered. Exactly. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex...
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Um, okay, so let's talk about these people. How are these people elected? What do they have to qualify for? Obviously, everyone has to have at least a Juris Doctorate, if not a PhD in law of some sort, like a Juris Doctorate. Um, some sort of political science degree, no. um, and probably um, they have to have like several hundred hours of community service under their belt. No. Yes. That is not true. That's are you sure? Very nice setup, though. Thank you. <laughs> You're being coy. Uh, there actually are no real um, strict outlines per the Constitution as to who uh-uh. these people are. Yeah. Um, they are usually nominated by a state party committee. Um, it says in here usually as a, or sometimes to reward many years of service to the party. Yeah. So they could be like big on the campaign trail for you or uh-huh. activists maybe for your party. Or like a robo dialer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. Like the, the all time robo dialer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they cannot be, um, senators or representatives. Yeah. And I would imagine former too, although I didn't see that. Hmm. I don't know. I think active is what it is. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, you can't be a high-ranking official uh, in a position of trust or profit. Makes sense. Yeah. And this one, I love that they actually had to specify this. Um, he or she cannot be someone who is engaged in insurrection or rebellion. Well, this this obviously <laughs> was put in by the people who were like, we can't just leave exactly. it to a popular vote. These people are crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like I saw a musket in that guy's hands last week. Right. Aimed at my office. <laughs> right. And now he's an elector. Right. He can't vote. I like that it's still in there, though. Um. Yeah, that insurrection rebellion thing definitely helped form yeah. this country. Okay, so um, you've got uh, people who are active in their in their party, who are who have been rewarded. Um, maybe they're activists. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, Sometimes they know the president or president elect. Right, like they met him on the campaign trail. Yeah, um, and that's really about it. Each state has, I think, probably a different um, nominating process, but overall, when you are, when you have a candidate who's running from mm-hmm. Green Party, Democrat, Republican, right. you take your as your party as your Green Party. You all go down together and pa- you pile into like the the camper and go down and Was register. The one that runs on veggie oil, exactly. And you're all very depressed because right. you don't have a shot at winning. You know, Roseanne's running for president for the Green Party. Roseanne Barr, yeah, really, yeah. And she's being roasted right now. Don't think that that's not a media play, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so. They they all go down to the Secretary of State's office and say, mm-hmm. hey, these are our candidates. They're our electors for – or candidates for electors. Yeah. So when you vote for Roseanne, um, it should have all those people's names next to hers or on on – like by party, it might say like Green Party electors. Here's all the people. Or it might not say anything. Right. But um, when you cast that vote for Roseanne, you are voting <laughs> – those electors, yeah, you're, that's who you're voting for. That's who the vote goes to, not Roseanne, right? It goes to John Goodman. It, that's yeah. who, I would be. That's who I would have as my elector if I was Roseanne. What, what about Tom Arnold? No, you don't want Tom Arnold. They had a messy divorce. He'd be the party pres, though. Well, John Goodman was never married to. There's just TV. TV marriage, though. That's like sacrosanct. That's just my opinion. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um. All right. So where are we? 
we're talking about how the vote goes toward not Roseanne, where you wanted it to go. Right. Not Tom, Tom Arnold or John Goodman, but to uh, Todd Vinemaker right. and all the other electors, right? So what's what's going on here? What's this process? Well, I mean, they, they literally just make their vote um, supposedly in accordance with the people's popular vote. Right. And I think, uh, what do they give it to, the sec- Secretary of State? Right. That's that's who's, like, it's registered before Election Day. Right. So like your name's on the list. It's, yes. Yeah. So at the very least, if it's not printed on the ballot, the Secretary of State knows who the electors are. Right. And there's two ways to do it. 48 states have a winner-take-all system. I get that one. And then Maine and Nebraska have a district system. I'm just confused by that one. Okay. So the district system mm-hmm. actually more closely follows the electoral college system than the winner-take-all. Now, is this... To to vote for the elector only? No. That's what confused me, I think. So <clears throat> let's say you have a, a – let's do the winner-take-all system. Okay, which is so easy. But think about it. So let's say you are in uh, Arizona. All right. Boy, it's hot. It, right. And you, you've decided to stay. You're not moving. Yeah, um, that wouldn't happen. You've got like uh, – you have 10, 10 – there's 10 – well, in 2008, and I believe it's the same in 2012, there's 10 – uh, electoral votes. Yes. Right? Um, so the Green Party candidate, Roseanne, should mm-hmm. have 10 electors associated with her. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, the Barack Obama should have 10 electors. Yeah. Uh, Mitt Romney should have 10 electors. So when, when that person wins the popular vote and that's mm-hmm. certified, then those electors are the ones, those 10 associated with that candidate are the one that should go down to the state capitol yeah. on the first Monday after the second Wednesday of December and cast their vote. Okay, I get that. And also we should point out that in this system, that is the reason why sometimes the name isn't even on the ballot because yeah. there's some th- something somewhere in their state constitution that says a vote for Barack Obama is a vote for these 10 people. You don't right. need to know who they are. Just trust us. Right, exactly. Okay. <laughs> so that's the, that's the winner-take-all system, yeah. right? The other system uh, in Maine and Nebraska is the district system. Right. So the winner-take-all system, that's a lot like a popular vote. Yeah. Um, in the district system, you get uh, two votes, the the guy who won, the guy or the lady, or the gender-neutral gender president, depending <laughs> yeah. on when you listen to this episode. Uh-huh. Um, uh, they, whoever got the most popular votes in the state mm-hmm. gets two electoral votes, the two associated with the Senate. Right. Then um, the other electoral votes that are divvied up by congressional districts, uh-huh. whoever won that congressional district gets that vote. Yeah, I get that. And, and I looked I looked it up a little further and saw that there are scenarios in Maine and Nebraska where you could have three different um, votes cast for three different candidates, mm-hmm. but they said it's never happened. Yeah. It's just theoretically possible, mathematically, statistically yeah. possible. Yeah, all three. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like everyone should just be all on the same system. But but it, it makes sense. Call though, me a if, socialist. If you're, but but think about it. Like the whole reason you have the electoral college, or one of the big reasons, is yeah. to prevent um, one region or one one part of the state from wielding enough power right. to vote for everybody else. And I think that's what the district system is is set up to prevent too. It's kind of like, hey man, you had let, let you you voted for this right this this person, mm-hmm. um, and we want you to have your say in the electoral college. I think it's smarter. Oh yeah, I think so. Well then I do too. 
You swayed me. Good. <laughs> now we just have to is? sway John White. <laughs> uh, I've got his number. You know, he could use this as evidence one day. <laughs> For what? Oh, what I don't know do? what's going to happen. What are you going to do? I'm, no, I'm not going to do anything. Okay. But if something happened, then everyone would point their fingers at me. Mm. Yeah. It's like we heard him say it so on his podcast. Yeah. All right. I won't testify against you, though. I appreciate that. Um, should we talk about some of the hinky results over the years? Yeah. When things don't go quite as planned? Or go exactly as planned. <laughs> Very true. Thanks. That's a teaser. Um, there have been four presidents. Um, POTUS? Is that what they call them? Yeah. Four POTUSes. PODI. PODI. <laughs> that, have, uh, that have won um, their their post with without the popular vote. Yeah. I mean, that's happened four times in this country. And all the ones up until 2000, we probably weren't as concerned with because you're like, who cares? They're all old-timey. They're all old-timey. They were wearing knickers. They were just w- working it out back in 1824 Yeah, when uh, John Adams' son, John Quincy. The um, Q. The Q. <laughs> he received uh, 38,000 fewer votes than Andrew Jackson. Um, this one was, was definitely hinky because neither one of them won Electoral College. So uh, if that happens, you defer to, what, the 12th Amendment? And that's when the House of Representatives decides who the president is. Yeah. Which would be really weird these days. Yeah. Don't you think? I think there'd be a lot of, that'd just be bad news. Yeah, that would be bad news. But at the same time, this is 1824, and there were still a lot of insurrecting, rebellious people. Yeah, So true. I'm sure it was a little nervous back then. Yeah. Um, so who won? JQ? JQ. Yeah. Um, 1876, Rutherford B. Hayes. Um, this is the first time, and I think the only time, that small states actually swung the election. Yeah. Hayes carried a bunch of small states um, and basically combined their, with their combined electoral votes, gave him the uh, the electoral vote. Yeah. Um, although he lost the popular vote by a lot, by like uh, 109,000? No, 264,000 votes he lost the popular vote. Yeah, we almost had uh, President Samuel Tilden. Yeah. Sammy Tilden, the, the haymaker, I think it was his nickname. <laughs> really? I feel bad for the haymaker all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, everybody liked him a lot more, but yeah. Hayes cobbled together a win from small states, and Colorado had just been let in. This is the hinky part. Um, and they didn't have any popular vote. There was no vote whatsoever. They just did some electoral voting, Yeah. and it went all to Hayes, so he put it together with Colorado so with very little popular vote, and then in one state, no popular vote. Isn't that crazy? And he won. And he went on to be the greatest president this country's ever seen. I mean, Colorado, I guess they were just like, we don't even have pens and pencils. Can you give us, like, yeah, just, can we get a buffer? Just, we're just, like, we're all boxes <laughs> over here. Yeah. We haven't even started unpacking exactly. yet. Exactly. So they said, oh, well, let's just give it to, let's just give it to Hayes. Yeah. Good on you. Yeah. Well, who you got next? Uh, 1888. Uh, Benji Harrison yeah. lost the popular vote by more than 95,000 votes to Grover Cleveland, yep. won the electoral vote by 65. And this is one of the cases where they say it worked exactly like the plan, yeah. uh, like we planned it to with Electoral College, because you can't just overwhelm someone in one region yeah. and and get the presidency. That's yeah. what happened. And so in six states in the South, so they, the whole campaign pretty much was based on we want the tariff, we don't want the tariff. Well, the North and everybody else wanted the tariff. Right. South didn't want the tariff. 
Um, so uh, Grover Cleveland was like, no tariff whatsoever. Right. And the South voted as a block. They had a bunch of people. He won the popular vote by like 65%. Huge number, yeah. But in the other 32 states, he lost by 425,000 votes. No, no, no. He lost by 300,000. He had won by 425. Okay, so 32 states were against him combined. Six states were for him. And the Electoral College steps in and prevents the South from picking the president for the rest of the country. That's right. Flawless. (laughs) And then, not flawless, (laughs) let's go to the year 2000. Yeah. So Bush v. Gore. <laughs> yeah. I was um, driving across country, moving to Los Angeles during this election, mm-hmm. and I made a uh, self-made video of my journey, which most of which was me singing along the songs on the radio in my U-Haul. Yeah. And I've still got this. I should like get it digitized and post it at some point. It's pretty funny. But um, I remember very specifically one part in the, in the thing. I woke up in New Mexico, and I'm you can tell I'm all sleepy. and You don't remember going to sleep. <laughs> no, I remember going to sleep. Oh, okay. But I, I woke up and I said, yeah, you know, here I am in New Mexico. It's weird. I woke up this morning and they don't know who the president is. Yeah. And it's like captured in time, this moment. Nice. Where I realized with sleep in my eyes, like, that's weird. Yeah. I went to bed expecting, because, you know, that night. Everybody they, was going toward Gore. Well, every I think it was called a couple of different ways couple of different times it went back and forth but when everybody went to bed it was like gore all the way like he'd won the popular vote they knew it was close but everybody had called gore and and then they woke up and they're like uh wait a second and then a huge huge mess cluster uh ensued yeah afterward which involved uh, the court system it involved um hanging chads well not only that you remember like there was this one county where like their votes just got lost for a little while yeah on the way to uh be counted they were just vanished um and then reappeared later on like that kind of stuff you should just basically be like no the whole state everybody has to wait the whole state has to start over and vote again yeah that might have been a good move. There were like accusations of disenfranchisement among yeah. black voters, black in black areas. Yeah, there were also. I mean, both sides had a lot of arguments. Yeah. Like when you really start peeling back the layers and researching this, it'll they're make like, you cry. it will make you cry. And there are just like dozens and dozens of um, factors that many people never even saw on the nightly news. Yeah, you know, like military votes or disenfranchised voters in poor counties. Yeah. And then I think Gore asked for a recount and. Only four counties when people are saying, no, he should have asked for a hand recount in all the counties. Mm -hmm. And in the end, POTUS was decided for the country by less than like less than 400 votes. Is that what it came down to? Well, I mean, it depends because all the different factors like, do we count these votes? What about these? These people meant to vote for Gore or Bush and it was cloudy. And what about these hanging chads? So there's all different kinds of numbers. But I've seen (laughs) one. I've seen one um, that said it was less than 100 votes was the deciding factor. So, okay. So it came down to 100 votes, but Florida's winner take all. Yeah. So that means that those 100 votes, since Bush got those 100 votes, he got all 25 votes in the Electoral College for Florida. Yeah. Which just so happened to put him at exactly the amount of electoral votes he needed to win the presidency, which was 271. That's crazy. I mean, I've seen, I've, I've looked. As many uh, people have since then, at, like the independent studies they did afterward, mm-hmm. and it just depends on which ones you want to read. Like I saw today, I saw like ten independent studies, and 
six of them showed that Gore was the definite winner. Mm-hmm. Four of them showed that Bush was. Mm-hmm. So it's just confusing and disheartening. Yeah. But what it did was shed light on uh, a pretty flawed system um, in how we cast our votes, how they're counted. Um, and it gave us the hanging Chad. <laughs> it gave us the hanging Chad joke. Um, so uh, there was also a bit of awkwardness that came out of that. Um, Just a bit. <laughs> well, uh, in in one instance, there right. was a, a kind of an overlooked bit of awkwardness. The when the votes are the electoral votes are unsealed, they're unsealed by the president of the Senate. The president of the Senate is the vice president. So in two thousand, the two thousand election, mm-hmm. remember Al Gore was vice president. He was president <laughs> of the Senate, so he had to read his own defeated electoral college votes. Did you just? Yeah, that's what I would have done. Yeah, and there was like something of an insurrection and a rebellion among yeah. um, black congressional members oh, yeah. who were protesting the vote and uh-huh. protesting, including Florida's vote in the count. And uh, he had to basically be like, "It's over. It's done." Right. For the good of the country, let's move on. But he, he, there was like no emotion. Even the emotion you just had, there wasn't that. There was was less than that. For the good of the country, (laughs) let's move on. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. You know, Gore always got tagged as the, the robot, the Robotron. Mm-hmm. But there was a video, I might have talked about it before, that Spike Jones made of Gore that never was released, a campaign video, mm-hmm. that I think would have won him the election. Oh, it's did he have like a, his tie loosened? No, man. He he was like way funnier and cooler than yeah. you would think. He was on Thirty Rock. He did a good job on that. Yeah, but that was later. But this was before when he had the like the the bad rap as like a, a robot. Yeah. But this like he let him inside his home and it was just very casual, very laid back. Yeah. And you're like you saw him as a dude for the first time, like cracking jokes and hanging out with his family, and it was like very endearing. Yeah. And he and he was like, "Do not release this." Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> and he lost the election. Did you ever see that Simpsons where Lisa buys Al Gore's one of his books? Nah. And like the information is transmitted, and somebody runs into the to the I don't know what the vice president's office is called, the trapezoid office. Yeah. And it's like, Mister Vice President, someone just bought your book. And he goes, "Well, this calls for a celebration." And he turns <laughs> he turns <laughs> on the door. record player and puts on. Uh, uh, 
Cool and the gang celebrate. Uh-huh. And it's like, celebrate good times. Come on. And he goes, I will. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> they nailed him. Oh, poor guy. Yeah. So that's gore. Yeah, that's gore. So I guess on both sides of the coin here, um, we have people thinking this is a great thing still and people saying this is not a great thing. Yeah, for each instance, even the one where we're saying like the Electoral College worked perfectly, mm-hmm. there are people who are like, no, it's all messed up. Like he, he clearly won the popular vote, however you want to put it. Yeah. Like, uh, and, and other people just say like, calm down. Right. Let's all just calm down. Well, one of the knocks against it is some say it discourages voter turnout um, because unless you're in a swing state or a battleground state, yeah. it's quote unquote predecided. Yeah, but then again, so does like the two party system. We can, we're we're in like a very very red state, so Don't get me say on that. if we you know were to not vote red, yeah, um, we like we could make a case that our votes would be thrown away. No, um, and that could dissuade voters from turning out too. And the people for it say, no, this is exactly what we need because it's a weighed system. Um, the states that have the most, the states that should have the most influences uh, are the states that are the most populated. Yeah. Like, well, that's how, it's, that's how it's divided up. Like, Alaska's great. We love all that land, but land <laughs> shouldn't be deciding who the president is. You know? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. No, I'm with you. It's people. It's people that counts, not mountains. People, not mountains. People, <laughs> not mountains. What do we want? Time travel. When do we want it? It's, it's irrelevant. irrelevant. All right. I like that sign. So, Where was that sign? I don't know. It was just some random guy who posted it on the Facebook page. Everyone thought it was me, though, I guess, because right. he had facial hair. Yeah. It's like, there's more than me. I see mustaches out there. Yeah, man, they're all over the place. Um, so over the past 200 years, over 700 proposals have been introduced to reform or eliminate uh, this process. Is that right? Yep. The most proposals for any constitutional amendment. I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. And I think it's probably because um, uh, executive, executive orders aren't in the Constitution and therefore can't be repealed. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I know that attorneys, by and large, are against it. The American Bar Association uh, polled at 70% um, in favor of abolishing it, whereas political scientists have generally supported it. And then there – I could find three popular polls, opinion polls, over the years um, – in 1967, mm-hmm. 58% of Americans said they don't like it. In 1968, 81% late 60s, they were just like, what is it? Government? I don't want it. Oh, yeah. And then uh, that um, in 1981, that declined to 75%. But by and large, the people are saying, or at least up until 1981, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we don't like this process. Yeah. Don't make us insurrect. Yeah. Whoever has the most, most votes should win is... What many Americans believe. Yeah. Did we talk about the, I can two, safely say that. the two elections that were decided by the House of Representatives because there were ties in the electoral? Well, we talked about the one. I don't Which think one? we mentioned the other. Oh yeah, uh, Burr. JQ. Yeah, but Burr and um, Adam or Jefferson. Yeah. Eighteen oh one, right? Yeah. Um, there was a tie in the electoral college, and it took thirty-one votes in the House of Representatives to decide who was the president and it turned out to be thomas jefferson and then aaron burr was shot that's right mm-hmm. that's the sad end of that story no aaron burr shot alexander hamilton that's right and, and that's he the fled. sad end of that story right <laughs> and that's the sad end to electoral college yeah get out and vote people 
that's all we have to say. Even if you if you live in California and you're a dem- Democrat and you think, hey, we're going to lock up those 55 votes, even if I sleep in and go see my medical marijuana doctor, get out and vote anyway. Yeah. Or if you're in a state like Georgia and you're a Republican and you think, hey, we're going to carry this, you get out and vote too. It's pretty much the uh, the fable of the rabbit and the hare that you're talking about. Who's the hare? Uh, I, I guess the hair is the person who visits their medical marijuana doctor and oversleeps <laughs> rather than um, voting that day. And how do you oversleep? You mean like sleep until Wednesday? Like not get up on Tuesday? <laughs> that's happened. Yeah. Have um, you heard about Ohio? Well, the, well, that's a swing state. Yeah, but have you heard what's going on there? Uh, no. Dude, the Secretary of State, a Republican, uh-huh. has decreed that, there, that counties that are typically blue, generally blue blue counties, are not going to have weekend voting and their early voting hours are going to be short compared to red counties yeah. that are going to have weekend voting and longer um, early voting hours. And, like, there's no explanation for this whatsoever. See, that's my problem is, like, I know you probably can't do a nationwide, everything's the same, but within the state... <clears throat> Every district should have the exact same procedure, the same machines, the same, like, all of that should be the same. I can't believe there's districts that have, like, here you do a punch card, and here you scribble right. it in with the number two pencil, and right. here you just say it quietly into a, a booth, and there's someone on the other side. <laughs> right, or you blow out a candle, <laughs> one of two candles. Yeah. That's another Simpsons. It's pretty messed up, though. I think at the very least we should be allowed to tar and feather elected officials who decide stuff like that. Anybody yeah. who's responsible for voter disenfranchisement, tarred and feathered. <laughs> I guess that's it. Uh, and that makes you an insurrectionist. Yeah. All right. I always knew I was. Uh, okay. Well, if you want to know more about this weird process we have in the United States called the Electoral College, yeah. you can uh, type those words into the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. It'll bring up a handy and out-of-date um graph of how the votes were distributed in 2008. Is it out of date? 2008 was four years ago. Yeah, but isn't it still the same? Uh, well, then it's a snapshot of a moment in time. That's <laughs> what it is. Anyway, it's still a good article. Electoral College, Handy Search Bar, HowStuffWorks.com, and now it's time for listener mail. Josh, before we go any further, I didn't realize we were going anywhere. We uh, are coming to New York City. Yeah, we are. Our town, one of our towns. (laughs) And we are doing another trivia event there, which uh, we're both really psyched about. Yeah. But we need some help with a venue. We need to have the trivia event somewhere. That's right. And we are coming uh, Friday, October 12th. Yep. And actually, that is when the event is, that evening, that night. Yeah. And we could use some help from anyone out there who has connections, good ideas. Yeah. um, Whatever. Room, Room for... A few hundred people. I don't want to toot our own horn, but I would say that that's probably a pretty good projection of everybody who's coming. Oh, by yeah. the way, even if you don't have a venue, guys, we're going to be in New York for a trivia <laughs> event. <laughs> so true. make sure you come out. Details to follow. But mark your calendar, October 12th. And, yeah, you're right. Like, your tiny little bar that you love that does trivia in, in uh, Park Slope, mm-hmm. probably can't go there. Just to give you an idea. Although have- it's probably a great bar. Exactly. Uh, to give you an idea, we had our last trivia event at the Bell House in yeah. Brooklyn, and it was pretty big, and we packed it out, and I imagine we could pack it out at least that, or maybe a little more this time around, because yeah. it's a few years down the line. Maybe we can work out a deal. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you? Yes. Okay. So uh, hit us up at Facebook or um, Twitter. Email at, to us. Yeah, or you could email um, stuffpodcast at discovery.com and just put like New York venues in the um, in the subject line, and that's a great help for us. Yeah, in October 12th. That's right. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Josh is already excited. I am excited. Uh, all right, back to it? Yes. I'm going to call this um, an Englishman. The Englishman who went up a hill and came down a mole. Came down a mole. Uh, G- <laughs> uh, dear Chuck, Josh, and Jerry, and in parentheses he actually says a small high to guest producer Matt. Oh, nice. A small high. Yeah. Not, not a full hello. Uh, my name is Jack Mead, and I'm an avid fan from England. I uh, just started listening in October 2011. Just started in 2011. And tonight I've just finished the 452nd podcast. I wish we had the um, the sound maker. Yeah, um, the haymaker from Grassoline uh, with Josh and Chris Pellet. Uh, parentheses terrible pre-chuck days. Uh, to the most recent Shark Attack episodes, it's been a wild and exciting ride. Uh, you guys have come a long way. I just listened to the first one to see the difference, and not only is it missing the sweet dulcet tones of Charles W. Bryant, but <laughs> Josh's voice sounds very weird. Yeah, and it sounded like we were recording in a can. Yeah, and I was really aggressive. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like, hey, what do you think, huh? Huh? <laughs> I, don't, I can't even listen to it. Yeah, you poked me once. Yeah, sure. Once. Yeah. Um, anyway, I just want you guys to know your podcast has become a huge part of my life. Catching up uh, with them has left me both a sense of achievement, but also great sadness. See, I listen to the podcast pretty much any time when I'm not engaging with other human beings. Um, I've listened to over nine days' worth of your voices in the space of ten months. I probably heard you two speaking more than my own fiance's voice. I was thinking, man, what a lonely guy, but he's engaged. Yeah. Like, dude, you should prioritize here. Let's pause. (laughs) Uh, Going from that amount of awesomeness to just two episodes a week is making me feel confused and frightened. (laughs) It's okay, Jack. You know, it's strange. It's like this is a pretty frequent report we hear. Yeah. It's like a condition. Well, I just, yeah. Bulk up. You bulk listen, and then all of a sudden you have to wait like everybody else, like a schmo. I just did the Firefly Marathon. Yeah. It's good. Think how I feel. You watch 14 episodes of that, then the movie, and then you're cut off after four days. Yeah, that's it. There's not another one coming every week. Yeah. So I, I'm just like looking at the walls now, wondering where Captain Tight Pants is. Is that what's going on with you? Yeah. I'm like sad. I've been trying to figure it out. Everyone else that I've talked to has been like, oh yeah, I'm more in Firefly years ago, like everyone else, but we know your pain. <clears throat> anyway. I'll be in my bunk. You don't have a punk. I would like to think that I am your biggest fan in England, but I guess that is statistically improbable. I very much enjoyed Chuck's terrible attempts at an English accent and your attempts at pronouncing our place names. Um, I've been wanting to email you guys since I got into the podcast, but wanted to catch up first. I think what you do is truly amazing and genuinely enjoy life more with the podcast as a soundtrack. Crazy. Uh, I know you guys must get hundreds of emails a day. Uh, That's not true. So I don't expect a reply, but I'm just glad to know uh, that you will read this. I look forward to the day that I can contribute information and maybe given, uh, even get on listener mail. Yeah. So if I may make a quick suggestion, I would love a special podcast hosted by Emily and Yumi. I have no idea how to spell your wife's names, but he actually nailed it. Did he really? Yeah. Wow. And um, Really? Yeah. Look at that. Wow. And then uh, the, he wants to hear a podcast, How Chuck and Josh Work from Our Wives. He said, it's a long shot, but you never know. And I would, it's a pretty long shot. I would shot. call that the longest of shots. Yeah. 
but a fun idea nevertheless. It is a good idea. Emily would be like, get your beat button ready. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let me tell you a thing or two. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, who is that from again? Jack Mead. Thanks, Jack Mead. Wow, that's a pretty awesome British name, isn't it? Agreed. Jack Mead. It makes me want to put on boxing gloves. Drink mead. Um, yeah. So uh, if you are a fan who is going to, what should we call this condition? I don't know. I had withdrawal. Oh yeah, withdrawal. withdrawal. Yeah, I guess that. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. If you're going through uh, stuff you should know, addiction withdrawal, and you need help, we will look into forming some sort of support group for you. Let's do that. Agreed. Uh, Any ideas on how to create such a support group, especially one that would have to be international and global and instantaneous? We're open to that. So we need to hear from you via Twitter at SYSK Podcast, Facebook.com slash Stuff You Should Know, or you can send us an email with these details um, to StuffPodcast at Discovery.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Hey, everyone. The Easter Bunny is coming early this year. That's right. Easter is Sunday, March 31st. And with free in-store pickups, CVS makes it easy to get everything you need for brilliant baskets and happier hunts. You can find delightful toys, Peeps-themed egg decorators, pre-filled Easter eggs packed with goodies, and so much more. So hop to it and get your order fast with free CVS pickup. Visit cvs.com Easter for details.